Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinman, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. What's up, boys? Boys, how are you? How's everybody doing? Good week this week? Hey, everybody. Great to be back. Good to see everybody. I uh, can't wait for the movie today, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. Pretty yeah, excited. JR is coming off his, his uh, high from last week. He was buzzing pretty high last he week. He was buzzing. You were flying last week. Thanks, guys. I try to bring the A game, eh? <laughs> All right, on today's episode, we're going to dive into the high-pressure, high-stakes world of college football with the 1993 gridiron classic, The Program. Goal 13! Most of my players are farm boys, or they're from the inner cities. Football is their deliverance. From different worlds. When I turn pro, I'm going to get you the house to go with it. From different lives. Welcome to college. (laughs) They've come to pursue a dream. Any football program worth his name. Elite group of warriors. I'm gonna bust your gun open and watch you die! Talent unites them. You gonna lead us to the promised land? Question is, can you boys follow? Competition divides them. Darnell Jefferson, tailback. Ray Griffin, starting tailback. Yeah, I know. That's why they recruited me. Hey, don't tell me you're falling for this guy. He's nothing. He's just another gangbanger with speed. Pressure surrounds them. You play that second half the way you did the first, this is what the rest of your season's gonna look like. Thought we might take a little ride. We go slow. No cowboy stuff. And one man stands by them. I'm never gonna play again, am I? Even when they fall. Look at me, boy. We need you. We're gonna ring that championship bell! Touchstone Pictures and the Samuel Goldwyn Company present a story of what it takes Get it up. Come on, man. to fight the pressure, yeah. face the pain, and survive the program. Rated R. All right. Well, if you've listened to one of our first couple of episodes, you know that before we get into the weeds, we need to wet our beaks. That said, it's time for our brew review. All right, Webb, what are we drinking today? So this week, in honor of uh, Bud Light Kaminsky, the boys and I are enjoying a smooth, uh, made-for-living beer from the fine folks at Budweiser. Uh, We're drinking a couple Bud Lights here, boys, so... uh, you know, pretty smooth beer. It's pretty easy going. This is a uh, a ballpark beer, if you will, perfect for watching a game, uh, hanging out with the boys. So, uh, any thoughts, Jer? Yeah, I'm gonna crack mine at the right now. You know what Bud Light's perfect for, guys, and why I enjoy this one also? What a tailgate beer! This is a tailgate beer. This is cornhole. This is washers. This is before the game. Having Light, a brat. Having a so- having a sausage. Hanging out. Getting ready for the game. You're pre-gaming for that 1 p.m. start or that late 4 p.m. start. What a great beer. It's yeah, an all-day beer for sure. I fun, gotta tell you. fun fact. Absolutely. Also good for those that have the old uh, gluten allergy because of the rice. So really, a lot eh? of people can Ooh. enjoy these, uh, you know, not as many as maybe you and I would. But uh, fun fact, some of them can. Naturopath right. web over there. Hey, no big deal. <laughs> All right, so we're, today we're uh, reviewing uh, the movie, 1993 movie, The Program, written by David S. Ward and Aaron Latham. It's directed also by David S. Ward. Ward's known for writing The Sting, 
which is a great movie. You guys seen this thing? Great movie. Unbelievable with uh, um, Robert Redford and Paul Newman. It's one of my favorites of all time. Great soundtrack too. Studs. Two and, Ultimate Man Rockets. Yeah. Oh, Studs. Big time. Big time. Uh, he also wrote Sleepless in Seattle. Nice chick flick if you want to have a nice night with the with the old lady. And uh, Major League, which obviously we're going to do this on this podcast. Mobbles. Hopefully. Uh, he also <laughs> Ward also directed Major League One and Two. And uh, Aaron Latham wrote the screenplay for Urban Cowboy. You boys watched Urban Cowboy? No. I'm a big fan. I, I got the DVD. I'll share it with you guys. It's a great movie. It's a, it's um, it's hard to describe. It's I don't I don't want to say a bull riding movie because it's it's like John Travolta's in it. He rides a mechanical bull, but it's like a a slice of of Texas life back in like this maybe like the 70s early 80s. Oh yeah. But it, it's a good movie. Like I'll, I'll let you guys check it out. It's it's pretty cool. Cool. Anyway, uh, this the program was uh, produced by Touchstone Pictures and the Samuel Goldwyn Company and released in September of 1993. Filled on a $15 million budget and ended up grossing over $23 million, which isn't too big considering some of the movies we looked at. Mm. Uh, starring James Caan, uh, Halle Berry, Omar Epps, Craig Sheffer, and uh, Christy Swanson. So... Get into the movie synopsis. The ESU Timberwolves, led by Heisman hopeful quarterback Joe Kane, played by Craig Sheffer, embark on a make-or-break season under the watchful eye of legendary and battled head coach Sam Winters, played by James Kahn. After a disappointing end of the previous season, Winters is on the, the hot seat. The Timberwolves need a big season. Winters ramps up his recruiting game, nabbing one of the country's top tailback recruits in Darnell Jefferson, played by Omar Epps. Uh, with Kane, Jefferson, and All-American linebacker Alvin Mack leading the way, optimism is high at ESU. Can the Timberwolves achieve NCAA supremacy, or will the vigorous grind of the season and astronomical pressure break their spirit? What do you think, boys? What, do we, what are our initial thoughts? Uh, quick takes on this movie. I like the program overall. I think it's a pretty good movie. Uh, you take it for what it is. I like the intensity of the program. I like the going on. I love football. I like some of the actors, and actresses for that matter, big James Conn fan. There's some things in it that I kind of question. Right away, for example, came in my head was ESU, 1993, the movie came out in 1993, ESU to me is a takeoff FSU, same colors, one letter in the alphabet difference, I kind of thought of that right away. That was the Charlie Ward era days too, I kind of had that coming to my point. head. Great point, great um, point. Overall, it's a solid movie for me, and I find it very entertaining mm-hmm. it's one of those movies i just put on and i can just watch it and i find the entertainment value is high even though there's some things that i kind of wonder question that i've written down that we'll talk about overall i find the entertainment value high web i'll start by saying when i was a kid i probably watched this movie about 35 times uh it was on loop quite a bit on the old movie network so we watched it quite a bit uh and i loved this movie at the time uh going back and rewatching it now I don't know if it holds up as well. I mean, the thing that sticks out that's awesome is the, is the football scenes themselves in terms of the uh, the hits, especially at training camp there when they get everybody going. But there's just so many holes in the plot and so <laughs> many cheesy cliches, like one after another. I just It doesn't hold up for me now as an adult, and I don't know if I can get on board. I got some pretty good hot takes on this one later on. But yeah, I don't know. I guess it's it's entertaining to the point where if I'm really bored and I, I come across it on TV, I'm not going to change the channel. I might sit through it, but I'm not going out of my way to watch it again. Let's put it that way. Yeah. No, I, I agree with both of you. I think 
talking about what you were saying, JR, it's one of those movies where I'm always going to watch it if it comes on or if it's a Saturday, it's raining and I got nothing going on. I'll throw it on when I'm just relaxing or whatever. It's it doesn't have the same it, the same kind of writing that some of the movies we've already looked at, like Bull Durham. It doesn't have the same kind of yeah. It's not even in that density realm. to the no, to the writing not even in close. it. The no. stories aren't there. Uh, like you said, Webb, there's a ton of cliches in it, but I love the action in it. I love kind of the realism that that comes from that. I thought it was really well uh, shot from a cinematography standpoint. There's like tons of hits. So you've obviously used guys that, um, as extras that can play the game. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of like fun stuff coming out of that. But overall, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it as we go. But there's there's a lot of good things about it. And then there's some things where you're like, ah, you know, it's a little bit cliche. It is what it is. But overall, yeah, it's a overall, I, like you, Webb, I, I watched it a million times as a kid. I haven't watched it as much as I got as I've gotten older, but I, I did still enjoy it for what it was. Mm-hmm. Like taking into account, I'm going to watch a kind of a '90s action movie in a way. You know what like. it was to me? It was one of those movies back in the early '90s that your buddies would ask you, "Do you ever watch the program? Did you watch the program?" It was one of those movies you kind of had to watch, even though yeah. it was rated R back then. You needed to watch it to kind of be cool. Yeah. Because yeah, they're like, sure. what's the program? The program. And you're like, well, I don't understand what's going on. And, you know, we're in Canada, so football back then to us wasn't that big, and we didn't know that much about the intensity of football. This yeah. movie's got a lot of controversial themes, which we'll get into later, but uh, apparently it's it's one that like a lot of like high-end football players say, oh, yeah, the program was, yeah. One of the, was kind of their one that they like to hold on to. Well, and I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, but there are some, you know, characters who are actually based off real people or said to be. And then um, to your point, Jared, when you're talking about Florida State, it also, to me, had a little bit of that, I'll call them the early 2000s USC teams under uh, good old Pistol Pete Carroll and oh, your favorite. Bush and Matt Leinhart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go go Seahawks Nation. Yeah, 12th man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you I later. just watched the Mitch Mustaine <laughs> documentary, actually. And they and they were talking about Pete Carroll and it because he went to USC after Arkansas, and uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Remember the Bush push? Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the characters. So th- this movie, unlike uh, the first couple of movies we've watched, there's a lot of I want to say mm-hmm. main characters, but there's a lot of characters that share the screen in this movie. So let's start out with uh, a couple of the more prominent ones. Let's start with Joe Kane, played by Craig Sheffer. Joe Kane to me is that the tragic figure of the of the movie. You know, mm-hmm. you always need a tragic figure in here. Joe Kane, it's your tragic figure. Yeah. This guy, he kind of is one of those guys. He just wants to be loved and accepted in his own weird way. He's obviously in the movie has talent. He has skill. There's tons of pressure on him, and his outlets to deal with pressure are not good ones. He kind of has some Johnny Football characteristics to him a little bit. Ooh, good comparison. Where I'm like, you know, the Manziel factor, a, you know, different style of quarterback, but he kind of had that, it reminds me of that guy a little bit. Not, and, as, oh, oh, not as like cocky, no, outwardly cocky. No, he's not. He doesn't have that swagger, you know, when Manziel would play. But he's self-destructive. Yeah, he really fits that role to me. Self-destructive, but he's also a team first guy, and Manziel never strikes me as a team first guy. It's true. That's a good point. I guess I, I agree with everything you said there, Jr. I, I find it hard because he's, you know, in theory supposed to be our main character. So there's so many holes in his his origin story, and mm-hmm. like you know, the guy's ripping around campus on a Harley, and yet he's going home to this house that the dad's lying on the couch out next to what looks like a broken down factory. Like 
they're just i don't know i know there's boosters the and booster everything else but come on like it's pretty far-fetched uh and ultimately you know uh mrs webster will love this one but he he's he's uh he's keith scott you know he's keith scott to me and he always will be before uh Tree Hill. That's your one tree Hill. Tree Hill. Out there, guys. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he's boy. that guy. He's oh that boy. guy. He's not Joe Kane. No. The <laughs> we thing just that, had a one Tree Hill reference. The thing I did. That, like, Craig Sheffer was 33 when he did this. You Super know I mean? old. I like, wrote my notes. Though. I remember we, even as a kid watching it going, like, why does his hair look like that? Like, why does his hair have the, the, the parking lots? You know, why is it... Uh, f- you know, he has crow's feet like me. Yeah. Like, why is he 300 to <laughs> center field and 450 in the gap? <laughs> 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 and I lo- and, and I'm not gonna. I think he did a good job in uh, maybe in. Well, I mean, he was a little bit withdrawn, but I think that was the way the character is supposed to. Yeah, be. I think he did a fine. I think he did job a good job. What he had. Yeah. He was fine. He's not a bad actor. I don't think he did a bad job there. Uh, it's just that I couldn't get over the fact that this guy's clearly in his 30s playing a 20... What is he? He's Let's a, say he's 22. He's a red shirt junior. 21? So what would be 21? 21, 22 at the oldest. Yeah. So Because he still has his senior year to come back, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So I'm like, I don't know. I mean, he just didn't look the... Par- like, he didn't look the age. Some of the guys... like I, Obviously, I think Omar Epps fit in. I think he looked his age and stuff like that, but... He just seemed a little bit miscast because of his age. That's Joe Kane doesn't look like a quarterback either. No. To me, he doesn't look like your He's passing quarterback. I, I thought he kind of was like a like a, a, a Danny Werfel. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe like a Danny Werfel, like an undersized quarterback Danny really Werfel. Really good. Like, <laughs> you, you could tell Joe Kane's one of – you know he's not going to be a good pro. No. No. He's just – he's like, what is he? He's probably six foot. 180 pounds in the like that's he's probably AJ what he's McCarran. built. Yeah, he's scout team at best, and like maybe he's like a a Jim McMahon, like because he's got that he lifestyle cool, issue. Though. He's cool. Yeah, he's very he cool. could, but that's a different era. Joe right? Kane's not doing the bear shuffle. Ninety in the nineties though they what the the mm. prototypical six five two twenty quarterbacks were coming through. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were starting true. to come through. I mean, the eighties you could have your six foot. Your Jim Harbaugh's, your Jim yeah. McMahon's, those guys, and that yeah, I think he fits that mold. But I think nineties, mm-hmm. it was pushing it. Like what? What's Favre? Six four, six three. Like yeah, he'd probably come in around six three, six four. He was a yeah. big, he was a big boy. All those big quarterbacks drafted. You know, even sorry, but like Ryan Leaf was a big dude. He's a oh, yeah. big dude. Uh, yeah. Peyton Manning, big dude. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now. Roethlisberger, big dudes coming out. Where you're like, these are big studs. I think. Yeah, I think the the Tom Brady's big too. He's yeah, so he would have he would have been declaring for the draft in like '94 or whatever. I, I'd have to look back at that draft, but I I think the prototypical mm-hmm. quarterbacks we see nowadays were starting to emerge at that point. Mm-hmm. Like big boys. Like yeah. Six, good point. Like get, can yeah. see over the line, can throw. And they have cannons. I mean, there's obviously guys like Drew, like uh, Air Drew McNair, Brees, and another stuff. big Steve team. McNair, big dude, same idea. But I don't think Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> yes. And Joe Kane never had. Ne- Joe Kane wasn't throwing <laughs> passes like sixty yard passes. He was like most of his plays in the sh- they, they were like check down, check down to your you know guys or hand it off to your tailback slants or he might run one up the gut and get smoked. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So totally. Sam Winters. Head coach played by James Kent. Sonny Corleone. Sonny Corleone. This is who they cast for this. I'm Here sorry. We go, Webb. I'm just, Here we go. This has got to be the most unbelievable casting job. I, I was trying to, I, I went through to see who would be around the same age as, as Jamie, Jimmy Kahn here. Uh, and the only person I thought 
that I could maybe cast in, instead of him because he's not believable to me. He has to eat too much shit in this movie, and Sonny Corleone does not eat shit. Good Bo point. Bridges would be my pick Ooh, for this. Bo Bridges. Bo Bridges. Wow. Bo Bridges okay. has that like wow. kind of lovable, you know, affable characteristic yeah. about him. Uh, I feel like he'd be he'd be a little bit better at uh, taking the amount of shit that Jimmy Conn has to take in this movie from guys like Collins and the dean of school admissions and everybody else, the athletic director. It's just not believable to me. I can't see Sonny Corleone letting his daughter get hoodwinked by this idiot Collins number one <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just not it's not relatable to me it doesn't do I don't know I, can't, I couldn't get on board with it can't do it good I point. have to agree with uh, Grumpy Webb on that one yeah. I think he makes a good point the Sonny Corleone factor always kicks in because let's be honest James Caan Godfather not a bad movie to be linked to and I think of the stuff he puts up with from everybody and the back talk that amount of back talk that he puts up with no way would Sonny put up with that? Nor Michael would do something very quietly and slyly and make that go away very quickly. So I agree with you on that, Web. I think he's. I didn't think of anybody to cast. The Bo Bridges one's a really good example. That but is a good one, yeah. I'm just, you know, I, I got to go with you on that. He's too soft. Yeah. He's one of those characters. Like, he's such a soft HC. No football coaches of major D1 programs are soft. They are basically dictators and, and that's the way it runs especially when their backs against the wall yeah like you, you gotta think line. you gotta think sam winters is on the hot seat this year because they, yeah. they they haven't made a bowl game in three years no they, coach is going to be lasting that long not no. in this game and they're supposed to be a big program here like that this is like a top power five program and they yeah. haven't made a bowl game in a couple years which is on like on her like this is just doesn't make sense right like and so a guy that's in the hot seat and he's backs against the wall He's not going to be coddling these guys. No. no. You know, it was funny, actually. I was reading something about uh, James Conner, and they were saying the guy that played, I don't know the actor's name is, but the guy that played Bobby Collins in it, the backup quarterback, Yep. he said, James, he goes, I'm assuming James Conn was a, a method actor. He says, I didn't really get to know him well because he just didn't seem to like me when I was on set. And I just, <laughs> he goes, I just chalked it up to, well, he's being the coach, and he doesn't like me on the, in the movie, so he must just not like me. <laughs> I'd love to hear what like James Scott had to say about that, and also uh, the guy that played Bud Light Kaminsky. I guess he's been acting in a bunch of stuff. I've he seen him in he's lots been of around, stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 he's been, he, I guess he was in ER and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was pretty funny too. He was a huge Godfather fan, right? Like growing up. So he said one of the things he did when he got there, he was so nervous, but he went up to James Scott and he had he had the the actual VHS of the godfather the original vhs and he asked him the autograph and james Gunn goes yeah sure kid whatever and he just signed it for him or whatever <laughs> that's amazing walked off that's awesome classic that's just pretty amazing. just shows how big these guys are like these legends right like amazing Con, it's like, kind of interesting the one thing of james Con, the connection with scott Con on varsity blues football movie cool. connection yeah. on that one i thought yeah, of that. bud kilmer though kilmer's coyotes Ooh. Bud Kilmer would be a more convincing. He would be D one coach. John Boyd. John, John Boyd, Boyd would have been Boyd, that's a good guy. He would have been. Role. He would have been way more convincing in this role than Jimmy Conn, for would sure. He, would he be driving his car in this one though? <laughs> driving John Boyd's car. <laughs> the LeBaron. The LeBaron. Uh, all right, so let's move on to Darnell Jefferson, played by Omar Epps. I think this is a great. I think he's great. Yeah, this he is does a good a great job. This is a good one for me as well. He Omar Apps, he nailed it. He's he plays his part well. He's athletic, he's fit, he has the look, he has the right number, which sometimes you wonder the numbers, number I 20. I like 20, yeah. yeah very he's running back number. Yeah. Yeah. He, he yeah, the look, 100%. He did it well. Yeah, I thought I thought he nailed yeah. it. Uh when was I think 
94 is when they did Major League 2. So this would be one year before Major League 2 mm-hmm. when they released it. probably this. helped him get Major League 2. Yeah. You know, one thing that's kind of interesting in, in this movie with Darnell, the only other thing I'm talking we'll, Mike, we'll probably hit on it later, is how football's changed so much. Like, the running back back in the early 90s was everything. Oh, yeah. Now it's like, what? Running backs? Yeah, there's third-round draft picks. Yeah. No, seriously, you're right. Like, dime a dozen. Like, yep, they find sure. them. Well, yep. they said Ask they, Pittsburgh. They also said they had to get a deep threat, I remember, at one point when they were talking about recruiting. But I don't yeah. remember them ever getting a deep threat. No. Why would they need a deep threat? Joe Kane only throws, like, 12 <laughs> yeah, yards exactly. out. Exactly. That's what I was wondering, too. <laughs> Later on, I was like, he doesn't make passes over, like, check downs. Quick and, like, dig here and there. Sorry, he it. did throw one touchdown pass in his one game that got him in the Heisman yeah, race. After he dropped hey, the ball. Hey, he threw a wheel route once. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Get along, little doggy. Wheel route. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to Autumn Haley played. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Breakout role. Yep. Uh fantastic job in this uh looks great yeah, no i'm not trying to sound what are we gonna argue here. with that eh? exactly <laughs> so uh, the banks that's okay it's fine. 90s early She's, 90s yeah, it's exactly 90s, she was right? in the style she had the mom jeans kind of going on you know what it was she had the she had the look actually everybody was dressed up like uh saved by the bella college years 100 percent. Yeah. it's 93 i wore green edwin you know? french baggies and you got varnay t-shirts varnay t-shirts the, you gotta have the varnays on and you gotta have the uh the hoodies tied around your waist 100 hypercolor t-shirts yeah did ontario people wear chip and pepper ba- shirts? a lot of bandanas a lot of bandanas oh, in the starter 90s. jackets i don't remember starter starter esu starter yes. jacket would be amazing Ooh. to have Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I want that ASU jacket he wears for the um, the interview with Lynn Swan. That would be sick. I bet you you could find oh, the ASU Letterman stuff. jacket. Yeah. yeah Wouldn't that, that be awesome? Nice. That ASU is pretty nice. Joe Kane Letterman you walk jacket? into the pub with that on. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, where are you? They'd be like, I'd like to kick the shit out of a Um, Great. Yeah, no, I think she did a good job. I, th- I thought this, obviously, she was kind of the it girl at the time. It was a, this was a good one. Um, Camille Schaefer, played by Christy Swanson. I had a major crush on Christy Buffy Swanson. the Vampire Slayer. Um, she did a great job. She was fine. Um, she has, I made a note, a heck of a two-handed backhand. Um, yeah. The leg uh, extensions with cut-off jeans on. Impressive. That's, that's Her workout like. gear is pretty impressive. Yeah, like, no you know, Lululemons going on there. Those, those are not. You got Lulu's. some confidence when you're working out in cut-off jeans. Like that's you know you know what's up. I thought she did a fine job. She Can we great. also in that scene think about Joe Kane's sweet uh, pull down behind his neck there? Like the yeah. most like every single athletic trainer will tell you the most dangerous do not, do not do this move whatsoever and he's just sitting there in his jeans ripping gym guy off. Gym you're gonna, guy, you're gonna end up with, you're gonna end up with a scientist neck doing that for yeah. sure like a hans dringenberg <laughs> jamie and i had this professor in college named hans dringenberg who taught us worst psychology. professor neck ever no one he had a massive professor neck what's the guy uh, professor fritz from the simpsons there you go <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, yeah, I thought she. I thought she did a great job. She kind of was like Joe's, like the person that kind of brought back Joe from the from the edge of demise every time. Oh, absolutely. You know? And it was kind of that cute little scene at the end where he pulls out the the pack of uh, the six pack of Sprite or whatever. Web. So lame. <laughs> yeah, so she did a good job so acting. Lame. She was the yeah. rock in Joe's life. She was. He was the love. She was the love he needed. There needed. There needed to be that character. Yeah. I think it, that was a pretty good character. Um. We're gonna go to one of my one of my favorite characters in the movie, Alvin Mack, played by Dwayne Ooh. Davis. That to me is actually a real football player. He did. Yeah. He actually played at the. Yeah. He was a Division One. He played at the University of Missouri. He was a um, middle linebacker. He's real. You yeah. can legit, tell he's real. Legit prospect. 
Yeah, he's he he. I mean, some of the things he says and does, I know that's he's added been. in, but even just the way he moves around and the way his posture, you can tell this guy's played football before. Um, in the locker room before, you can just tell this guy is a football player. I think he did a great job. He's a sad story. He's that sad story where he's just he's meat essentially. And when he gets used up and hurt, you, I, that's the one part of the movie I really felt sorry for. Oh, I actually did kind of shed a tear when he was in the, his hospital bed, and he he chokes up and he says, "I'm never going to play football again." Like when he looks yeah. at uh, James Conn, and he's like, "Well, you know, doctors." That one actually, I had to like turn turn the head onto my shoulder a little bit. That's hard to see in yeah. here because that happens, and yeah. it's tough to see when you know people just get used. Yeah. And that's the Division One factor right there. And he, to me, fits that. And playing Division One football, he knew that role. Yeah. Yep. And he knew probably what it looked like, and he probably saw it at Missouri. I, I actually really enjoyed his character. I liked him a lot. His character is fantastic. He does a great job. Only thing that kind of annoyed me about him is he reminded me a little bit too much of Ray Lewis. <laughs> and <laughs> so love it. I oh, couldn't boy. get on board with him too much just because I can't stand Ray Lewis. But... Uh, he wet. did a fantastic job in it. I was just <laughs> waiting for him wet. to come out with the dirty bird or some nonsense. <laughs> but like, he did a great job. The, the, the dialogue that was written for him is amazing. All uh, the chirping? Like it, the, it is, it's probably some of the best all-time movie chirping. I don't know if really? there's any... Oh, the my God. It was ridiculous. It is so over the top, it but it's fantastic. Ridiculous. How great would it be if you're that guy that gets to deliver some of those lines? Although I would have had some pretty good comebacks for him when he said, like, you're the one that... Uh, something to my mother. I would, I would have had a quick comeback for that, or, or his sister. The other guy just kind of took it and was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> like, come on, man. I would have had some good snappy comebacks for him. You have to. I'm sorry. You got to know that's coming. Yeah. If I'm a 320-pound O-lineman, I'm not afraid of a middle lineman. No. no. Those O-linemen are mean dudes. Yeah. <laughs> they are fine. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, there's a, actually a really cool lineage about uh, Dwayne Davis, the guy that played him. So his father is a, a football hall of famer willie davis that played uh back for the packers back in i know that name yeah, yeah. he was a legend that's his dad that's his dad oh, willie wow. davis and i i already knew the name and i remember i think i actually think i have a football card from way back fat guy jamer yes he's gonna say and uh <clears throat> where so does, and his kid's a pretty good football player his too, kid right? is a stud he plays at ohio state he's an offensive lineman oh my god he was uh i think he's a he's a junior this year and he was a, as a sophomore, a first team All Big Ten and a second team All American. Like this guy, this his kid is going to be a first He's starting as a sophomore at Ohio State. His kid's going to be a, his kid's going to be a first round, like maybe lottery pick. Like he's a stud. Five star recruit out of St. John Bosco High School in yeah, Belfast. He played for did Bosco. Did he play with Real? He did. He I did. Checked it up. I checked it up. He played with uh, Real from uh, QB1. Uh, QB1 season, what, two? Who's but yeah, who is cool. Dwayne Davis in Beetlejuice? So he played. He actually played yeah. one of the dead football. Remember the football team that got in the bus crash or whatever? And oh they, yeah, vaguely. So it's he's been a while since I've seen. So he actually has a speaking role in there. He's like <laughs> he has like a dumb speaking role. Like who am I supposed to like? What's he? you know? And then there's that Ooh. lady that's smoking the cigarettes and tells him move along or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he plays a football player there, and he also plays with Andrew Brynjarski, who plays uh, Steve Latimer. They were in Necessary Roughness. Great yes, movie. they were. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll get that one on here at some point, too. The classic one, Scott Bakula, like the 800-year-old quarterback. Good movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Sinbad. 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 But, yeah, they were in that one. It, it was funny in that one. Uh, 
Dwayne Davis plays a, a wide receiver that can't catch. So it's the biggest a wide guy that played linebacker. Yeah, I would have thought, well, maybe make him like a tight end. That's a bit if you want to make him a receiver. It just didn't make a lot of sense because he did look like he's neck. He looked like Alvin Mack in that one as well. Right? Yeah, he's he, got the he, the only thing missing from him him and is the uh, Brian Cox neck board coming out of the, uh, the back guy? of his, his oh, shoulder, yeah. shoulder pads. Brian yeah. Cox was Absolutely. a scary man. He Stud. was. He's like an assistant coach now. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. He used to snap. I can't see oh, him holding it together. He's in like an assistant line coach or something. He is. Football yeah, IQ is right. probably through the yeah. roof. Because he was smoking a big cigar on something. Like yeah, that. he's. Uh, I think it's with an NFL team. I'd it have is, to look it, it up, is. but Good I can't remember He was on uh, Hard Knocks with somebody because he smokes a big cigar in one of the coaches' meetings. I'm like, he's the man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Nobody's yeah, telling him to put that out. No. No. No, absolutely not. So, yeah, Alan Mack, he's awesome. He was a great character. Dwayne Davis did an awesome job. And there's a funny, actually, one more quick story about him. Uh, he was in the movie Little Big League as well. He played uh, played a baseball player in that. Ken Griffey Jr. Apparently, when they told Griffey, Griffey was going to be in some scenes in Little Big League, and they told him uh, who he was going to be working with, and he said he recognized the actor's name, and he said, "Was he in the program?" And they were like, "Yeah, he, he played like Alvin uh, Alvin Mack in the program." And he's like, "Ah, oh, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. So one of." Ken Griffey Jr.'s favorite movies is the program. I and, believe it. He's from that era, that time yeah. frame. Yeah. Where you're like, that's yeah. the program time yeah. frame. And then uh, apparently they they became fast friends on uh, the set of uh, Little Big League, and they and cool. they're they're like still best buddies to this day. Like they still hang out and talk and hang out and all nice. that stuff. So, that's cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, Steve Latimer is the next one, played by Andrew Berniarski. He's a tool. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell us how you really. This feel. guy's ridiculous. The whole movie. I'm like, you are a tool. How many guys? How like, many guys in your high school team painted their faces like the skull and crossbones like Latimer? Though, be honest. Oh, I wish somebody that. Oh, I. Uh, I multiple. guess he's, he actually did spawn that apparently, like yeah. amongst uh, college guys and pro guys after it. They, I remember guys just, in high school. The whole Ray Lewis it. stuff too, with like painting. Like it all came from that. It's just too much. I wish someone in that locker room just calm it down there. I mean, he had some funny quotes. Don't get me wrong, but I called it. I wrote. I wrote a note. I called him the intense quote kool-aid end quote drinker he's the most kool-aid drinker guy where you're like who is this guy and he's just too much for me his antics his actions his violence he's a not a good human being no, i couldn't a, get into total Latimer. scumbag i couldn't get into him i never did in the in the program i know he's a very famous character i just couldn't do it total scumbag uh I, the one scene with that him that he's in that always just gives me like the cringe or the the steroid scenes where he's doing the 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 piss doping or whatever you want to call it. Uh, number one, the fact that he just magically gets the stall that he's put this insert into the toilet paper roll, and then number two, when he's laying on the bed and getting that whole transfusion thing going on, that's just so bizarre. I mean, well, I guess it's not it possible. Speaks, it's I, not, it's actually not possible. It's not medically possible. Well, it just I guess it speaks to the lengths people will go to get that extra edge. But at the same token, it was just so ridiculously far fetched. Because your your body doesn't stop producing urine, so you're getting this oil change the day before a game. Guess what? Your body produces urine yeah. and it's gone. Yeah. As soon as you go to the bathroom again, it's gone. And not only that, even if you do go to the bathroom, your own body's creating urine, so you're mixing your own urine back in. So it's medically impossible for that procedure to happen. But Jamer, the skeevy guy that was giving him yeah. the drugs, he looks like a medical professional. He, like, he does. Let's be honest. <laughs> he does with that little uh, French tickler he had or whatever. <laughs> was going yeah. yeah, he looked pretty legit. Uh, did yeah? I have to agree with you, Jr. Um, just too much. The thing about him, like the thing about he—he he wasn't an athlete. 
He yep. was a bodybuilder, and he and he was all super jacked up and everything. He looked great. But when you saw him on the field, like doing, I know they would have had like in the scenes where he doesn't uh, look like a legitimate pass rusher. He not at all. He just doesn't like in the scenes where they have to show him running in his face. Like he runs like who's the guy from Happy Gilmore that gets a nail in his head, Mister? Oh, the guy from the Bond movies, yeah. Mister Larson. You know yeah. how he runs where his like elbows come <laughs> Your above. Your ball his, struck my foot. <laughs> his elbows come above his head when he runs. Like that's how he ran. When he was in his scenes True. that he had, he just looks he lumbers. So, he looks stiff and yeah. like unathletic, and I'm like, oh god! Like they should have just done the scenes where you couldn't see his face and have a proper pass rusher doing it. JJ, <laughs> because the rest of the scenes yeah. were really good. I thought they did a great job. When with he their gets actors. when he gets bulldozed at the line after standing awesome. that guy up, but like, like two hundred pound running back. Yeah, that's not happening. I'm sorry. That fig pin guy, like oh. uh, <laughs> he just he did not look like an athlete either, and he just no. bowls him over the line. That doesn't happen. No, no, no. no, no, I, no. He, he, he he had some funny moments, like that starting defense place at the table. Place at the table. Like, at the the table. You know, I feel like in the league he'd be put in his place pretty quick. Yeah. Okay. And apparently, somebody would be imagine him and Richie Incognito in the same locker room. Apparently, Ooh. apparently too, when they were putting the guys through like their boot camp and stuff like that, getting the guys ready for football scenes, getting them to like move and like look like football players, they had a lot of like arena league football guys and former college guys from the university of south carolina a couple yeah, spots around sense. there because that's where they shot it they shot Wolf, it Wolf Den stadium is the university of south carolina yeah. i've been there um we used to play against a team called the columbia inferno in the east coast league and the football stadium was like across the street so it it, it all looks the same it's all the same stuff um but apparently a lot of those guys when they're doing these boot camps with these actors and stuff most of the guys were pretty like legit the way they casted them. Uh, like apparently Joe Kane, like uh, Craig Sheffer, could throw the ball pretty well and things like that. And I like, it. and yeah. uh, how do we know he doesn't throw anything more than a twelve yard? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Quick it's dig. True. He threw yeah. a wheel um, around, Remember, but the oh. guy, the guy that uh, did the stunt stuff for Joe Kane, I forget his name, um, but he was a uh, he was a former University of South Carolina quarterback, and I looked him up too. He played some. I think he was on some practice squads in the NFL and stuff. Like, he was a legit guy. Like, when he's running around in the scenes where you can't see Joe's face mm-hmm. and it's a proper guy, he looks pretty good, like, moving around. The way he moves his hips and shoulders? Yeah. yeah. That person plays. He looks you can like tell. he's a player. Because he's know trying he to get throwing angle? Yeah. You're like, this person plays. So, apparently, though, when Andrew Berniarski, this, like, bodybuilder, showed up on set, all these guys wanted to take shots at him because they're doing, like, football scenes, right? And they're doing they're actually popping these guys a little bit. Like, Craig Sheffer says in the scene where he is in the rain, you see his face the whole time, and he gets tackled by those D mm-hmm. linemen. Mm-hmm. He says, that's me getting smushed by, like, a 300-pound lineman for, like, Ooh. 20 reps, basically, because they had to keep shooting it, right? So that scene, that opening scene in the movie with the rain oh. and everything else. That's like, too much. It's so dark. It's so... Do they not have any lights in this stadium whatsoever? <laughs> like, my God. But that adds a dramatic so, effect. Oh, it's so it bad. It a dramatic effect. It's in the rain. Oh, we're playing. Desolate. We're going to the Buffalo uh, Bison Stadium here. They don't have appropriate <laughs> lights. So we're going to just throw the ESU Timberwolves into this stadium. They're going to play a game. Yeah. Come on. Well, maybe <laughs> the SEC didn't have big funding yet. I thought they were in the, the Big Ten. They play Michigan. They play a couple of... George Tech. George Tech, yeah. All right, boys. Let's uh, jump into other characters. Are there any other characters that stood out for you? So I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Scott Sherman, the other prospect, at the same time as uh, Darnell Jefferson, <laughs> who uh, on the prep squad. Sadly, sadly gets left uh, in the dust from his valuable tutor of, of Autumn, 
Uh, I don't think Autumn would have cheated on her boyfriend with Scott Sherman. Uh, but uh, can we just give Scott Sherman a, a great shout out for his punch out abilities? Because he is the guy that is sitting behind Darnell Jefferson in the lecture hall and punches the football out yeah. from him. It oh, slides down right. the ramp. That was a great strip. Hell of a freaking play yeah, by it was. Scott Sherman. That was a great Hell strip. Hell of a play. Good point. Yeah. That was a good one. Anyone for you, JR? Uh, I actually liked uh, Autumn's dad. I thought he helped yeah. to like legitimize when you call a movie the program where you're like, okay, this person's been through and successful on the back end. Yeah. I kind of thought that he helped to kind of legitimize and try to bring some validity to this where education maybe matters a little bit. And we, you we can pass an equivalency test. Yes. Yeah. Good point. So I, I liked his role. I thought he was important. And yeah, that's about it for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't really have anybody that really stood out beyond what we'd already seen. Uh, uh, some cool cameos like Lynn Swan, uh, Bo Schemberger, Schembacher, Schembacher, um, Michigan. Who cares? And uh, Chris Berman. He could go all the way. Tim Wayman. That guy doesn't look like a prop, like Mm-mm. a Heisman quarterback. No, no, no. I'm not buying Tim Wayman anymore. No. Hey, with yeah. Tim Wayman at QB, there's a reason why they haven't beat Ohio State in like 15 years. Absolutely. Let's call it like it is. Yeah. Sorry, Michigan fans. Uh, all right, let's so let's rate the ladies and the man rockets in the movie. So obviously we got Holly Berry, who plays Autumn Haley. I mean, you got some pretty <laughs> legit early '90s uh, leading ladies here with uh, Holly Berry and Christy Swanson. I mean, that's pretty good. They did a good job nabbing yeah. those two. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, those two are both beautiful human beings. Yeah, um, this is before Halle Berry really blows up, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Halle Berry's got the bangs, though. I don't know about the bangs. She's she's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. she is. Hands down, she's yeah, beautiful. Nope, no and in the movie, she's the total package. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's well-spoken. Cheats on her boyfriend, though. She. Good point. Good yeah. point. But did Ray treat her well? He did not. Ray I don't took, know. Ray took her for granted. Ray, he did. He did. Good. But she should have she broke it off of him before she... You yeah. dove into that. I mean, I know they had their stuff, but whatever. It's a good point. There's nothing Just wrong with it. No, no, you're but right. She's young. She's also, what, she's 20? Yeah, yeah she's maybe That's between true. 20 and 22 years old. There's a lot goes on. Remember yeah. being 20, 22? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, she's great. Do you remember? Yeah, I was going to say, do you remember it? What about the, let's talk about the guys. So we got Joe Kane as our kind of leading man. Joe Kane. Hairline Joe Kane's a good looking guy. I think he's a good looking guy. He, he drives you know, a motorcycle. You know where he looks good? When he comes off the bike and uh, uh, Coach Winters takes the keys away. Yes. He looks like a stud there. He got his he leather does. jacket He does. On. just came he off does. the bike. He had that swagger His coach up. is getting him in trouble. And yeah, he's like, he's, all right, fine. That's, like, that's a good looking. His hairline's rough. It takes some points away. He's got some, he's got some thickness, but the hairline's tough. But I think he's a good looking guy. He's QB1 of a major D1 program. Yep. That's going to work for him no matter what. Yep. I don't know. Bobby Collins, kind of a stud. He comes in there. <laughs> <laughs> saves the season, gives them a chance. Bobby Collins is rocking the early '90s mullet, and he's giving he's giving it to Coach Winner's daughter. I mean, come on, that's true. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, let's talk about the realism of the movie. Here's the one thing: there's a ton of storylines in this movie. Yeah, a lot many. of controversial. St- yeah, exactly. I actually think it would have been better as a series. You know, if you did like a, a Friday Night Lights but college football style. Yeah. Using a lot of these themes, they just jammed so many controversial themes 
yeah. into one movie. I thought it was tough to to, to ha- jam that all in there in like a under two hour movie or whatever. Do you wonder in twenty twenty if they would do it that do it that way now with miniseries and how much people love a Netflix miniseries? Yeah, I was gonna say I don't even think I have the attention span. I had a hard time sitting through it again, and and it's just for that mm-hmm. pure reason that like these miniseries are so damn entertaining in yeah. like an hour. I think it would have done. Well, look s- at Last Chance You. Yeah, uh, like, all we all get into that yeah. for sure. I think it would have been done well as a, it just wasn't the time when they did it yeah yeah but of course you know so uh, yeah i think if it if this movie was made later we'd probably be seeing a miniseries about it right now i mean I, the thing that i think was kind of uh cool and realistic and and probably a little bit ahead of its time because i looked it up <clears throat> just to see um was the whole notion of when they're at the uh, the boosters dinner there mm-hmm. and the idea of athletes getting paid on the side right uh, and there'll be a couple other movies we talk about, you know, Blue Chips, where this comes up again. Yep. But um, this is b- before the whole Ed O'Bannon deal in 2009 when he sues the NCAA for likeness and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, the, th- the fact that that's coming up in this movie in the early 90s shows you that that, that student athlete was already start- kind of starting to think that way. Yeah, um, and that absolutely. was pervading Hollywood. For sure. Well, you're getting Fab Five. You're getting That's all right, that yeah. going on. And I put that in there, too. The booster part to me is very real. Yeah. That's legit, and it happens, and it still happens. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about this earlier, the whole Fab Five piece. Like, when I think of, of uh, what's it, Ray there, you know, the, it's documented, very well documented, that Jalen Rose and a bunch of those other guys thought Grant Hill was kind of that, that Ray kind of guy, right? That Uncle Tom kind oh. of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> that that speaks well in this movie as well, or it comes across in this movie, I should say. A quote out of this movie, I thought, that kind of fits into the realism too is, I'm going to be off a little bit on it, but Coach said something about 80,000 people come don't watch you do a chemistry experiment. Yeah. And that's true. Great and, line. You know, schools line. are judged by trophy cases and not test scores. Hundred percent. So there's a lot of sports, money sports, that comes sports, into sports, the sports, sports, yeah. sports. Like sports, the sports. amount of money that comes in from these, these it's games huge. and these TV deals and things like that, and the pressure. Big money. To me, that's all real. Yep. It's a pro atmosphere. Let's 100% be honest. It like is. these guys are pros. Let's really be honest about it. Um, the alumni piece is pretty important. The dollars, the winning at all costs, the recruiting visit, the cheap lines he feeds, where education is priority. You're well, like, okay. You know what was actually quite real, too? And uh, they made an emphasis in the writing uh, was when Coach Winters is asking the assistants about the kid when they're going to meet him. Like He's literally walking into the building and he's asking about yeah. him. And they're, they're telling him, <laughs> talk about that run he had against Taft. Because the thing is, is like... Division one head coaches, they don't have time to go out on the road. They don't. They have different priorities. They always send their their younger assistants. Or of course, well, that's how those guys assistants. get their starts, right? Right, exactly. A lot of those guys are running around, breaking down video, doing all that stuff. Like I remember when I was playing at Clarkson, ours we had a young assistant coach, and he was constantly on the road. We wouldn't see him. Like he wasn't at practice during the week because he's literally going to BC. He's going here, there, whatever mm-hmm. to, to to recruit kids. And our head coach didn't go on those recruiting trips. He might go on one towards the end where they need him to like seal the deal. Yeah, but really so that was pretty realistic for me when they're like they're briefing him on what the you know talk about this game. This was a great play. Like as if he were there, right? Like, cause that's kind of, it's a sale job at that point. They got to get this kid in the door. And when like they had the bands and everything, when he came on campus and they did the thing, when he walked into the stadium and they're like, Darnell Jefferson starting tailback. That's all part of the sale job. Yep. When you go to, when you go for your official visit. Uh, so when he, when he came back and he was like, where's all the dancing honeys and all that stuff. 
They're like, hey, we got Bud you Light's here. like, we got you here. It doesn't yeah. matter anymore. I think it was him or somebody like it was that. Joe Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Kane. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, that's all very realistic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's it is. a lot of there was a lot of things like that that were tight, and and like the quarrels within the team too. Because yeah. the thing is, is like you you're in this is your shot. You're in Division One football. You have to make the best of your opportunity within those four or five years that you're there. So the guys you're going to battle with every day, they're your brothers, but they're also your 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 competition. So the stuff yeah. like with the tailbacks, with like with Griffith and uh, um, Darnell Jefferson battling and fighting, and like that's yeah. realistic. That sh- that stuff happens. Like I made a note of that. Fighting for themselves, like totally you know, the competition level. I thought they did a like, good job on that. Like the scenes were very realistic. The hits. That one scene with the Welcome to the Jungle montage, like the guys are getting laid out on a couple of those drills. Oh, the highest, cheapest, dirtiest hits. You could hear the hard impacts uh, of those hits. Those were legit. Those were high, high hits. I was reading about the backstories of those, and they they just basically let the cameras roll in a bunch of drills and let guys drill each other. Those are a couple of arena football league guys just kicking the crap out of each other. And this was the first time they used the NFL Films guys, right? Yes. So those guys would have that skill to capture those hits a little bit more. Yeah. That's the yeah. best part of the really movie. Really good cinematography on yeah. the actual yeah, They would know the footage. angles. Can we talk about something that's like the most ridiculous thing? Can we talk about Joe Kane's Heisman run? Oh, gosh. Yeah. And how ridiculously fake this is. His Heisman run is over after game two, yeah. I think, by, by my count. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Wayman beats him, and that's kind of like the shootout they had. Yeah, and then he somehow goes off the deep end and goes to rehab for a month, essentially. Misses four misses games. Misses four games, yeah. And <laughs> then comes back, and they just barely get a bowl game. Uh, pretty much most schools that they talked to wouldn't allow them to use their likeness in this movie. Mm-hmm. The only ones that agreed, Michigan, obviously, Georgia Tech, Iowa, uh, apparently Michigan said you can only use us if we win the game. I read that too. Of course you did, Michigan. Yeah, that's pure Michigan. It's kind of like, Michigan. All right, whatever. Okay, Michigan. Yeah, but that like seeing those Michigan helmets, like they're they're just so iconic. They they're are. super nice. They are. I, I'm not a Michigan guy, obviously you know Me by either. now. But those helmets and their stadium, their show is legit. They just can't they be guess. Ohio State. Yeah. Sorry. And like you can't get someone better than that Tim Wayman guy. Do you see him like celebrating? He's like his yeah. voice is cracking. He's like, "Hey, buddy, act like you've been there." Like, come on, this yeah. guy's a Heisman Trophy like uh, candidate quarterback for the University of Michigan. He's yeah. like, ah, 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 when he when they won, <laughs> like, remember how excited? Like, act like you've been there, man. Yeah, you're Big Ten Michigan quarterback. You don't act like that. Yeah, you're playing some big like games. His, I didn't okay, like how like, they cast that guy. I'm not gonna lie, I'm for Michigan. Like your game against that was to me was unrealistic. Like your ESU game is big. What like Mish State? Uh, you have the Ohio, Ohio State. State. You yeah, have Notre Iowa. Dame. You have Notre Dame. I guess the whole thing was <laughs> about like, the quarter, the Heisman so, yeah. battle. Yeah, the Heisman battle, so to speak. But do you know what I mean by that with the Michigan schedule? I'm like, is Wayman, is Wayman supposed to be a senior in this movie? I didn't catch any of that. I don't know. I, they don't didn't know. say. They didn't say. But I'm assuming it would be. He was probably like 40 years old playing a 20 year old too. Like <laughs> well, what what is kind of funny soft. now when you think about it though is how realistic that probably was back then in terms of getting the school on board with oh, with time, your yeah. your promotion, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, uh, totally. But now in like the age of social media, how different that would be. Well, you just make a TikTok. And yeah, you exactly. You just get followers and see it ever. Yeah. At Joe Kane. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Just going to play a couple of iconic quotes leading into our quote uh, segment. This was one of my favorite quotes in it, and it just comes after. Remember when Alvin Mack uh, has that whole thing where he's uh, he's with his tutor and he can't 
he can't like you know he has no you can tell he has absolutely no interest in school and he's even jokes about it earlier how he gets his placement test mailed to him in advance because they can keep him in the program as long as you're you know whatever uh keep him eligible Mm -hmm. and they say who fought in the punic wars and he's like i don't know detroit and buffalo (laughs) so this this came right after it and i thought this was a pretty cool thing because it i thought this was pretty realistic it just shows how yeah he doesn't care about academics he doesn't apply himself there but like this guy is a savant when it comes to to football and defenses and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so i'm just gonna play this you alvin you ready yes sir all right this is mississippi state's offensive set second and two on our own 24 what defensive set might we call Eagle zipper hero, unless the setback shifts into the eye. Good. Third and seven. Okie Thunder Lion. What's your assignment? Kill the quarterback. Hit the tight end so hard his girlfriend dies. Kill everybody. There you go. So it's just like, you know, just a, it shows how in tune he is with the schemes, the defense. I know he's, what is he, probably a senior at this point? Yeah. Um, but I thought I thought that was pretty cool. Like, it shows that. And we've seen a lot of guys like that in the NFL too, where they don't seem like the brightest guys, but they just they they succeed because they just know the offense. Their football IQs are there. through the roof. Exactly, like his football IQ clearly was something that they wanted to emphasize with that scene. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Different kind of smart. Yeah. Um, any any quotes that kind of stood out for you guys? I mean, the quote that always still stands out for me, and you know it. I still probably use it from time to time when I'm coaching kids or whatever is uh, let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. I mean, that's just an iconic line. (laughs) Great line. Uh, The one, and I can't recite it off the top. The other one I was thinking of is uh, Bud Light Kaminsky's uh, Yippee Kaye or whatever it is, or he's get along a little doggy and he's just pummeling the D end there and he's sitting on him and everything else as they score a touchdown. That's pretty funny, but. Yeah, that stands out for me, Jr. I had a couple. Uh, injured versus hurt is pretty funny. That's, that's one that gets very accurate. accurate. Injured versus hurt is a, actually a very <laughs> useful one that you still think of today. Injured versus hurt, and then Joe Kane. This goes back to the cliche factor, the blue eighty. <laughs> I heard oh, blue. Yeah. I'm like, here it comes, blue eighty. You're like, yeah. how You're waiting come? for an Omaha? Yeah, I'm waiting for Omaha. Oh, but the blue eighty. I'm like, here comes the blue eighty. I'm like, that to me is a quote where you're just. Insert football movie quote right now. Blue 80, blue 80, you know, in football quarterback voice. I had those two as uh, and NCAA assholes or whatever that yeah, Max said. Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny, one. too. That and that's true one. to this day because some of the money they're getting away with is wild. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Eh? I think they were even harping on it back then. I don't think the NCAA lets them use their likeness in this movie nowadays. No. I just don't think that's going to happen. No. Uh, I had a couple that stood out for me, too. Which one, The one was when they had the the, the hearing for Bobby, uh, the reinstatement hearing for Bobby for Bobby Collins. Collins. <laughs> and the guy's Bobby like, Collins. this is not a football vocational school. It's an institute for higher learning. And then Coach Winters loses it. And he goes, yeah, but when's the last time 80,000 people showed up to watch a kid do a damn chemistry experiment? <laughs> Why don't you stick the bow tie up your ass? Like, I just thought that was hilarious. He slaps on him in the face. He's just... He's just so wound tight. He's got so much pressure on him. Also and funny is when he <laughs> flips the table and tells Collins to get the mop to clean yeah. it up. <laughs> that was oh, classic. Uh, and then one more that I liked, too, was uh, when uh, Jefferson and Ray Griffin meet for the first time. And uh, Darnell Jefferson's like, uh, how you doing? I'm Darnell Jefferson, tailback. And then Griffin goes, Ray Griffin, starting tailback. And then Je- uh, Jefferson goes, I know. That's why they recruited me. I love <laughs> that it. That was a good comeback. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's uh, pretty funny. Pretty solid. Um, oh, hilarious. 
So let's get into some of the little known facts. This movie was like jam packed with some cool things. Mm-hmm. I know there's a really neat article. Um, Jerry, you popped it up, which was awesome. We'll get into that in a minute. So the um, they're actually one of the things a lot of people talk about with this movie, and it's kind of it's actually kind of well known, and it's you can find the clip on YouTube. I don't know if you guys actually watched that clip, but the original release of the film that was in theaters had contained a scene where the several US ESU players lay down on the yellow dividing line of a busy. It looked like a highway of sorts. Yeah. Even though there's yeah. a bar on it, like it just seemed odd, but uh, there were cars like just whipping by. So Joe Kane goes out there to show how like nuts he is. He lies down on the thing, and then all the other players are like, Joe, what are you doing? And then they actually end up joining him. So they lie down on the line. Um, and then apparently there were some people that imitated the stunt. Uh, I don't know where it was, but uh, they, there were some people that were killed from it, and it got a lot of negative. Uh, mm. There was some controversy surrounding that, so they ended up taking it out of the movie that came out to VHS or whatever it was at the time. So you can't find it anywhere else. You can still hmm. see the clip on YouTube. That's the only place it was. Somebody had pirated it or whatever, and they still have the clip on YouTube. But that was one thing that popped up. I found a couple. There were yeah. a couple interesting facts. For example, like this isn't almost isn't a fact. It's just like something I noticed is really interesting. So in the opening scene, when the def- in game one, when the defense takes the field, and, you know, Max doing the whole spiel... 54 doesn't even have his chin strap done out. No? Like on which team? The other team? On ESU. He comes on to play defense. Game one. Max all pumped up, ready to go. 54 doesn't even have his chin strap done out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'd have your chin strap done up. You're ready to go. Again. You're going to be raring and ready to go. There were a couple interesting facts I noticed of that. I was like, oh, that's an interesting one. And then the South Carolina stuff, filming at halftime. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, using their fans, using their whole show. I thought that was a pretty neat. That's act. pretty neat. I yeah. guess a lot of the actors said when they came running out, they knew it was gonna be. They knew there were gonna be fans there, but they didn't know how like electric it was gonna be. And apparently, when they came running out and everyone was roaring, and they're like, "Holy crap!" Like, yeah, these, that's wild. These guys actually do this every week. Like, it was pretty cool. Back to your point, though, Jamer, about that one scene. You know, I went back and I watched it. I just it wouldn't seem like it had a point in that movie. Although I'm glad there's a bunch of scenes that didn't really seem to have a point in this movie for me. That's true. Like let's call it like it is. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I can't see why they wouldn't want to have it in there, anyways. No, there's a couple of kind of neat just tie-ins. Omar Epps, Christy Swanson, and Andrew Brynjarski. They all appeared in Higher Learning together, and also Dwayne Davis, who played Alvin Mack. Mm. Him and Andrew Brynjarski appeared in. Necessary Roughness together. And Brittany Arsky's been in three prominent football movies. The Program, Necessary Roughness, and Any Given Sunday. So some kind of cool things there where like, some of the actors were... I didn't know he was in Any Given Sunday. Yeah, he played... Uh, he looks different. He's got dark hair. Yeah, his He's got a black goatee. He's kind of like... Oh. He plays the like Ramstein in the room or whatever it was. There yeah. playing oh, okay. And gets everything ramped up. And he tells the, the kicker to get out of the bathroom when he runs in there. So oh, yeah. Like, okay. I know what you um, mean. So, yeah, there's a really cool article, Jared, and you, you dug it out. ESPN came up with a great article a couple years back called The Making of the Program, written by Jake Trotter and Jeremy mm. Willis. Uh, they interviewed uh, several cast members and crew, uh, and they had some really kind of neat things that came out of that. One of the ones was uh, they uh, apparently Ward, who wrote the, uh, the, the writer and director of the movie, he shaped Alvin Mack's character loosely around Willie McGinnis, which I mm. thought was kind of neat. I think... Did Willie McGinnis play at US, uh, USC? USC. Yeah. 
So I thought that was kind of neat. And uh, Dwayne Davis, who played Alvin Mack, based his performance uh, on Derek Brooks, which I thought was kind of a neat tie-in. Derek Brooks was a stud. He was a stud. Very good football player. <laughs> Very good player. How about this one? Originally, Ward wanted Johnny Depp to play the role of Joe Kane. Yeah, I can't see that one. Either. No way. Imagine Johnny Depp playing Joe Kane. That no would have been a catastrophe. He would have wanted to tank his career at that point. Like, there would have been questions about his drug use if yeah. he took this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were yeah. Edward Scissorhands How and tiny Gilbert Johnny Grape and a bunch of other things by this point. Yeah, and he's yeah. so small. It's another thing where I'm like, there's no way like this an guy. Athlete. Because you'd have to cast so many smaller people around him to make him look like he's like five foot five, whatever tall. I don't know how tall he is, but yeah. Johnny Brasco's not tall. Doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Um, it was with a lot of the writing. Uh, the, the the character of Joe Kane was loosely based on a former Penn State quarterback by the name of Tom Bill. So Bill played for the Nittany Lions during the '80s and struggled with injuries and alcoholism. So I looked up a few stories on him, and it was pretty well, like pretty parallel. To did Joe he Kane. play for Sandusky? I think he did. Ooh. That might that might uh, be that might part of the reason he's got some alcoholism. That could fit that, in there. That didn't Joe Pa turning a blind eye. Joe that's a good point. That's um, a really good that point. didn't pop up in the articles, but those guys, a lot, of, a lot of those guys aren't going to come out at the later no know, stuff like that. So that's a hey, good, good point, Webb. That yeah, is a, a good lot point. Of so Bobby Collins, the backup QB, is loosely based on Sal Anis that played. He was a former quarterback, Buffalo's quarterback, who passed away in his senior year from Kansas. Colorado. Remember him? Yeah, Colorado yeah. Buffaloes. I know who that big, guy was. So he yeah, had a relationship with the coach's daughter, and they actually had a kid together. So this was briefly shown on the ESPN Thirty for Thirty. The Gospel According to Mac. Did you guys watch that one? I did. I it's a good one. one. Yeah, Colorado Buffalo football for about five or seven years yeah. was no joke. Eric Bieniemy, remember that him? Eric Bieniemy was he running was back, tough on Notre Dame yeah. back in the day. And they had Rashawn Salam. Cordell Stewart was a Buffalo. Uh, Michael Westbrook. They had some Buffalo. studs. They were good. Yeah, they, they had some really big good. tailbacks. Well, Boulder's one of those towns. Not a bad place to set up shop. Boulder's nice. Remember yeah. he said in that movie or in that uh, Thirty for Thirty, he's like, "I compete against Nebraska and here, and I take them here and say, you can live in Nebraska or yeah. you can live here.'" And yeah, like, yeah. Boulder for the win on that one. It was a classic thing. Yeah, for That's sure. a no-brainer. Uh, so Andrew Berniarski, who played Steve Latimer, said he based his performance on a cross between Gene Simmons and Howie Long. I thought that was pretty funny. Howie. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. I love Howie Long. He kind of did nail it with that, eh? Um, I would have thrown in some Romanowski maybe there as well. A little Romo? A little Romo. Yeah. yeah, he's got some Romo traits. He, he does. He's dirty. He's got a lot of Romo traits. He does. Howie Long is the man. Um, I thought it was pretty, pretty funny, good. too. Apparently, uh, Ward, the writer-director, said that uh, Craig Sheffer, who played Joe Kane, kept wanting to like do some of his own stunts. Mike Hold was the quarterback from South Carolina that, that did all the stunts. Mm-hmm. So finally, he said, all right, fine. They let him do kind of like this small scene where he had to run and then throw and then kind of get tackled. And he said he was in a neck brace for two to three weeks. <laughs> 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 this is why you don't let the actors do it. You know? That's why you don't let the talent take care of this. Year. Yeah, oh, that was pretty funny. That's pretty funny. So the final touchdown, this was funny. I thought this was hilarious. The final touchdown scene where Joe Kane fumbles the ball and then picks it back up and then throws it yeah. wasn't actually scripted like that. And they only had enough budget uh, left for one shot. Because the, using these NFL film guys, right, every time they do a shot, it's big money, right? Yeah, of course. So apparently they only had enough. They basically said, we got to get this. We got to do It was supposed to be an easy rollout. Pick the thing up, pump fake, roll out, throw the touchdown. So they figured, okay, we'll get it done, and we'll, you know, that'll be it. Um, so apparently, Mark Ellis, uh, the film's uh, football coordinator, Mike Hold, the guy that that was the stunt guy for Joe Kane, 
he uh, he went to pump fake and he dropped the ball. He said, and this Mark Ellis, the film's football corner, said he, he thought for sure he was going to get fired. <laughs> he said, <laughs> but luckily uh, Mike picked it up on two bounces, like cleanly, like picked it up in motion and was able to get the throw off, and it worked out great. That's awesome. It actually added a little bit more dramatic. The guy's last name totally is cold, and he dropped the football. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how funny is that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, like, after after uh, Jefferson gives him the see ya. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> how annoying is that? <laughs> oh, brutal. So, there's another one of your little cliche oh. lines, eh, Web? So um, many. So and also the scene where Alvin Mack and Steve Latimer spit into each other's mouth. Ugh, so apparently gross. that didn't actually happen. It was computer generated to look that way. They didn't actually spit in each other's mouth. Okay, good. Good. One cool thing was uh, Alvin Mack, Dwayne Davis, who played the character. To me, I really felt really bad for him more than anyone in the film. Yeah. Uh, the character himself, he's obviously had all these uh, plans and ideas. He was, gonna, he was clearly going to be a stud if he went to the pros. Mm-hmm. Um and then he gets his career ended with an injury and he has to go back home and he has no life really like you can see the future for him right uh apparently just playing that character alone Dwayne Davis the actor said that had a profound effect on his life so he didn't finish his degree when he was at Missouri he had a bad injury as well that mm-hmm. ended his football career so he said there's a lot of things that kind of touched base with him uh, even though he he went on to acting and he was doing well in acting but he actually went back and finished his degree, so I thought that was good for of, him. Kind of a cool thing, yeah. Anything I uh, I liked, well, not like I should say like, but a shout out to Alvin Mack for was uh, the Newman gloves he was wearing. Yeah, those are proper football gloves. You got some yeah. Newman. I saw the Newmans. I'm yeah, like, that cash. is a proper football glove. Mm-hmm. Newman gloves back in the day were the best. Here, you picked up a lot on those things. How about the Douglas uh, shoulder pads? Douglas shoulder yeah. pads were great. They were wicked. Oh yeah. Remember when they Big came out for hockey? Pads. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hard as a rock. Like, you're <laughs> crushing kids. You, you I remember football just pads crushing on. kids with those. And just running guys over. And that's when you would, like, hit guys with your hands right up in their grill. Oh, that was back in the day. Yeah. Right, it was a punch in the face. It was an Eric Lindros-style hit. Just a punch in the face. Yeah, absolutely. And you're like, you rocked him. And you're like, I punched him in the face. <laughs> any any other things that popped out? Or yeah, I up? caught another one, too. Was, so, you know when Joe Kane did the big jump on the bike? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you notice that when it shows the tire that that's a dirt bike tire? Oh, I didn't catch that. It's a dirt bike tire when he hits really? and he does the boo over or whatever. You mean he's got dirt bike tires so he, on his so Harley yeah, Davidson? I'm like, your, your random Harley all of a sudden has dirt bike tires on But he didn't, on didn't have that dirt he, bike tires That he no. rips through campus on. Yeah. Not only that, he's wailing through campus. That goes that into thing. the... Yeah. Uh, that's happening. That goes into the Mr. Webster area there where uh, the... That's not to me. I kind of caught. Having like, borrowed a few golf carts at my time while I was at McMaster University, <laughs> I, I can cool. tell you that it, you were not ripping around on a motorcycle like that. Let's put it that way. No. Yeah, and the motorbike piece period. I'm like D1, QB1, major program. I don't think you have a motorcycle period. Mm. But I noticed the dirt bike tire right away. I was like, well, you have to. Well, how about the soundtrack? How'd you how'd you feel the movie was scored? So. This movie was scored by uh, composer uh, Michel Colombier. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. I'm trying to go with uh, the European pronunciation. Ooh. Ooh. Um, who, he, he's got quite a range. So he also did The Money Pit, classic. Mm-hmm. New Jack City. Fantastic great movie. movie. Great movie. Major League Two. So there's that connection with Ward. And uh, Barbed Wire. Remember Barbed Wire? Pamela, Pamela Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Oh, how are you? That was a, a late nine uh, pop in the old VHS movie. <laughs> 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 My teenage, you know, self. 
Oh, Make sure awesome. everyone's in bed. Uh, <laughs> Put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. Go looking for something. Uh, yeah, so what are your thoughts on how the, the, the soundtrack was, how the movie was scored? It's fitting. It's a football movie, right? You're going to have stadium-type songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Welcome to the Jungle is pretty yes. cliche, but at the same time... It's a great tune, though. I was thinking, like, what other, what other songs would have been out at that time? Like, we're talking 93, right? So that's a huge, huge smash hit globally at that point. I don't know if you got anything that's, like, bigger. Maybe, was it like, Appetite for Destruction? Yeah. That yeah. was a good... It was a good montage. Yeah. Song. It was... Per- I mean, it for was... For that montage scene. Perfectly fitting. Um... Yeah, nothing, nothing negative or positive to say either way for me. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, I thought it fit it. It was tasteful. It was well done. The yeah. scenes like the you know the NFL films, football music type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that you know fit pretty well. Yeah, it was, it was well done. Yeah. It would have been neat if they had the NFL film, the voice of NFL films. Oh yeah. ESU quarterback Joe Kane. You know, yeah. like, or or even if they were able to throw like the you know how they had the Brett Musburger lookalike. Like even if they totally. could, you get Lynn Swan. You can't get Musburger in there too. Or Musburger like, would do it yeah. in a heartbeat. Oh, that's what I mean. They, they probably Somebody. wouldn't let him hang out with Christy Swan. He'd say, look at that. You play quarterback for ESU. Look yeah. what you get. <laughs> <laughs> You're Joe Kane. You get a girl like that. Joe, Kane, Joe Kane's duck of a pass in the like that one scene that he oh, throws. Yeah. He fumbles. It's wobbling so bad. That's it's a, a terrible duck. They throw. only had one shot. They had to get it off. And oh. you could, I'm sure Mike Holt probably was nervous after he dropped it. He's probably just trying to get rid of They're it. They're on a fixed income. <laughs> We're on a fixed income. Yeah. No, like... I think Joe Kane's a, a really good college quarterback. I don't think he's a good pro. No, he's way too small. He doesn't have velocity on his throws. His reads are not that great. He doesn't have great. a tight spin. Like his he doesn't have that great. tight rotation. No he has lifestyle issues. His lifestyle issues. Darnell's a second or third round pick to me. Yep. In modern day, in the league Probably. today, he'd be good. He'd be he'd an be NFL right. player. He's, he he reminds me of like Ricky Waters at that time. Like he's yeah. that kind of guy. Not as big. <sighs> That's Not as big. Word. Ricky Waters was a stud. He was, but like that same he, kind of personality wise, he can catch the ball yeah. in, in the in the in the flat. In the flat but that's the running back era when exactly. running backs were it. There was Sanders. There was Smith. You can there use was Pettis. Return if you need to. You know things like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good. He's a good. Uh, He's not going to run through the tackles or anything. No, but he was like, no. But he. But he. Guy. But his character. Yeah, he'd be. He wasn't overly big, but he was quick. You know, who he reminded me of and. I mean, not in his life, but as a, his look, Travis Henry. Ooh, that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, they both were 20, but he kind of reminds me of a Travis Henry type back. I'm not saying as a human being, Travis Henry, no, no, but no. as just a flat out football player, yeah. a lot of Travis Henry look. Yep. Not big, but a lot of twitch, fast, uh, the make you miss move type thing to be able to do that. Maybe like a work done. Ooh, work done was good. That guy was underrated. Poor man's Marshall Falk. He also had yeah. Mike Allstott clearing the way. Yeah. More work done was a good back. Was a good back. That, that team was so good. Tampa? Yeah. I said Dilfer at QB. Yeah. yeah. Dilfer won a Super Bowl, though. They would have won if they had Joe Kane back there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up and get our final thoughts. Um, we'll start out with where does this rank in all-time football movies? All-time football movies? I have this in maybe my top six, seven. Like, it's not up there to me like a Remember the Titans or something or Any Given Sunday to me. I don't think you're in that realm. You're not in the upper echelon. You're in the bottom six, so to speak. Um, I would have it be, you know, out of my top six football movies, I'd probably have it as a five. 
Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, it's not in my top five. It's not making the top five. It's slightly ahead of of little giants, maybe, but, <laughs> but it's not. Oh it's, wow! It's not further ahead than uh, than any of those movies you talked about, Jer. So yeah, I would say maybe it's a six or a seven for me. I'd say it'd be the edge of my top five. Yeah. Um, the depth of the actual like acting story, all that type of stuff, obviously isn't the greatest. The critics crushed it. Like critics ripped this movie apart. But athletes and football people loved it because of some of the real stories and things that kind of fit there. But it's, yeah, it's tough because there's some good movies. Like there's some good football movies. That's yeah. one genre of sports movie I think they've really done well. Yep. And there's a couple. You know what I was thinking of, and I, I think it'll be fun to do on this podcast at, at some point is uh, everybody's all American. Do you remember that one, Dennis? Dennis, Dennis is Quaid. Dennis Quaid in that? Yeah. He plays the gray ghost in it. That's right. Yeah. That's a good. I, that I forgot about that Holy movie. Cow. I haven't yeah. seen it in years, but I remember that's a good football movie. Like it's like got some solid storylines in it. Um, I don't have it up there with a Friday Night Lights either. No. That's another one. Friday Night Lights is no. really well done, and uh, um, some of these movies that are based on books, like that one's based on a book. This and, one yeah. just seems lazy to me. Do you know what I mean? Like it had the opportunity to be really, really good. Uh, because it was really kind of the first of its kind to tell that side of the story from college. And it was just lazy, right? Like they they looked like maybe a few less storylines and focus in on really developing a couple of those other ones a little bit more. I think you nailed it, Webb, when you said there was mm. just too much going on. Yeah, that's where the miniseries much. would work. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it actually plays great as a series, like a yeah, like the way. Yeah, Friday it could have been Lights Friday Night Lights before Friday Night Lights. Could have been, for but sure. like the whole recruiting really of Darnell, that. that's almost like that's a whole entity of its own. The recruiting process, and he gets, process. A, and he gets his own, own storyline for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I or think, you know, Mac yeah, he'd, be or, the, he'd be the Smash Williams or whatever. Get yeah, storyline. Um, no, I think you, I think you nailed it there. Smash. Um, Smash. What about like? So obviously, we don't really have it overly high as far as the mm-hmm. genre. So. I think it's safe to say that all-time sports movies, it's kind of down the list. It's on the bottom. Yeah. I'm glad we did it. I think it's great because, obviously, kids growing up in the 90s, this was a a smash hit for us. Yeah, it was. hit. Yeah. Like I said, I watched it probably, I don't know, 35 times when I was a kid. Whenever it was on, I got a chance to watch it. I watched it. I had 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 two VCRs. I taped it off TV, and I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. Yeah, this was a VHS yeah. that you had in the in the dossier of VHSs, yeah. and like I said, you know, a while back, this was one of those movies you had to see because your buddies, you see the program, see the program, and your buddies who had older brothers and sisters had watched it, and yeah. then yeah. maybe you got your hands on it because it was an R movie. Yeah, because like, it was an R movie, and my parents never even thought twice. They just thought, oh, it's a football movie, you can watch it. They never even like looked at the rating. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, they're swearing. Like, you know, they was something <laughs> they're swearing. I could watch. And then, and now, like looking at it, you're like, oh my gosh, there's like a potential rape scene. There's the you know. Yeah, we didn't even talk yeah. about that. That was like they got Latimer. <laughs> Latimer's Scumbag. gone after that. Like, that's Scumbag. the end of it. There's no way that the booster's gonna be like, yeah, I'm okay with my daughter getting thrown oh. around a room by this guy. Remember seeing that even I was like, this guy's no. an idiot. Uh, just like, one more thing. The best story you just said about this guy. He's just, He's just a jabroni. Yeah, he is a jabroni. Like I can't stand his character. The quote when he gets his suspension sentence handed down to him: "Why so many? Really, dude? Yeah, I made it really. early. Three Why games. So many? Yeah, exactly. really. Like three games for you should be in jail. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So good job, boys, this week. I thought it was fun. Thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you for episode four next week.
All right, right along, little doggies. Take care, everybody. <laughs> have a great, have a good one. Play us out, Steve-O. Yep, we've got to play our buddy uh, Steve-O on the way out here. Big League Flicks, Jordan, Christian, and Jammer talking movies about sports and the glitz and the glamour. Got a cold beer pairing for the leading lady staring. Fun facts and trivia and man rocket comparing. Soundtracks and music, they'll rate all these things. Was it real or did they lose us as the fat lady sings? Talking junk, have a giggle, comedy, drama, romance. Did the film deliver six to noon in my pants? With their big bag of tricks, these podcast critics. Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks. Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks.